You're listening to Filmmakers Drinking Bourbon. Hey, what's up, World Wide Web? This is Alex. And it's Frank. And this is Brandon. Right. And, and I'm we're... back, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, we're filmmakers. And, and we're, we're drinking bourbon. And here Cheers. we go. Cheers. Cheers, boys. You guys man. all, you knew it was coming. Everybody knew Woo. it was coming. I'm back. You, a I'm man back. who needs no introduction. Back in black. So I'm literally not going to introduce you. Yeah, man. What's, what's up? What's been going up on? like thousands of listeners since you've left so who yeah. are you well um, who the heck are you for our new <laughs> my name is brandon ferris and i uh You're the voice of the podcast i am the co-founder of filmmakers drinking bourbon and i retired and it's been it's been like several months so is this I, your kind of went dark is this your coming out of retirement uh no <laughs> this is not coming out of retirement this is my uh wanting to continue to support the show and you guys are my friends. So it's kind of fun to be a guest today. I'm a guest. God. I'm your guest speaker. Wow. So I, who am I? I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a film director. I'm a father. I'm, a, I'm an aspiring writer. I'm an advertiser. I'm a creative director. I'm a, a, a ukulele uh, aficionado. I'm a writer. jazz, jazz ukulele. Yeah, I'm a jazz u- ukulele player. Um, I'm a lot of things, guys. Don't box me in. <laughs> I'm a lot of things. How dare you, Brandon? You are also so, still our intro. Yeah, you I'm are. still. I'm a voiceover. Hello. Yeah. yeah, I don't know that we can do better than that. I think it so, might just remain. Yeah, man. I think so for forever. So I'm, I'm a lot of things. So what's what's up, man? What's going on, man? Dude, you you've been. What are you guys up to? I, lots. We got what? lots. I mean, I, like Frank said, no. we picked up thousands and thousands and millions and yeah. billion, maybe well, a billion more listeners. To be honest, that. that's one of the reasons I came back. I was getting a lot yeah. of fan mail, a lot of fan mail from people <laughs> saying like, hey. We miss you. Brandon, this show just isn't the same without you. Uh, it's just not, you know, yeah. there's, there's, we miss you. And there's, it's like thousands of letters I got. And I was like, my kids are tired of opening the letters. <laughs> And it got to be so I was like, fine, I'll come back on the show. Do one, and I'll, I'll do, do one. I'll do one just to keep the just momentum to hold going. It, yeah, that was a that was a lie. <laughs> uh, there was, however, I will say there is there was a cool um, there is a cool connection point where I have to to throw a shout out, but um, a guy, a listener who um, is from the, the 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 social media sphere, hmm. um, actually, he's pretty pretty cool. Uh, Coincidence? Is that the right thing? Not coincidence. Uh, happening? Uh, no, what's the word? Uh, anyway, this guy, of Mark Wahlberg, this guy who goes yeah. by uh, TV. Iliu. Iliu. Yeah. You know him? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. So he, uh, he like kind of he he hollered at me because I had posted this video talking about the, the 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 power of hype and how it can change the world. And he uh, he like messaged me because he he thought he he liked what I was doing and and uh, he was offering some great feedback, and so I welcomed him in and I said, hey, I would love for you to continue to give feedback to this this thing, which sets up kind of the potential uh, the book idea I might be working on. So because you're an author, yeah, well, at, at aspiring heart. at heart, aspiring author. Yeah. So <laughs> so essentially, um, that was cool because it was like he knew he knew me from the from the podcast. Yeah. So so it was kind of a lie. It was inflated. All the fan mail was inflated. Just by a factor of thousands. There was one you know. guy. It's fine. There was one guy who did contact me and did say he appreciated. I have customers all the time that say like, 
oh, everyone's complaining about that. And like, oh, how many people email you? One. I'm like, okay. Everybody. It happens. It happens. Yeah. No, so, no. You, you've been missed, my friend. You've been missed. Well, that feels good. We, uh, we, you know, we've been wondering what a busy man like you is doing there. Hmm. Yeah. What are you doing in retirement? You're, you're, uh, Interesting. Your role well, has been increased. You're... Um, well, what am I doing Interest. in retirement? Well, yeah. so I, I retired from the podcast, put some focuses in some other places. Yeah. Um, one of the things I did most recently I finished was I, I participated in Seth Godin's alt MBA program. So it's a, it's a four week boot camp style, um, leadership management, continuing education platform. Wow. Do you get like a ribbon at the end of it? Um, a no, medal? no. A ring? You get a gold ring? No, I did get an award though. I got an award. Uh, it was a peer associated award. So there's like, I don't know, a couple hundred people in the cohorts across the the, the world. Yeah, you know, and they're, it's based on time zones, and there's people in you know all the continents and all that stuff. And you're you're all working on this this thing together, and it's through Slack and Zoom video and. You're connecting, and there's prompts, and you're writing, and you're challenging each other's viewpoints, and you're growing as a person. It's, there's a lot of empathy happening. It's it's pretty cool. Hmm. And um, I was I was granted an, an award. I think it was the I don't know how to say it. I think it was the Hogwarts award. The the Nagaritz Nagaritz Hogwarts not right. Hogwarts Nagawarts Nagar. It's named after a person. <laughs> His last name was Nag Nagerts Nagerwurtz. I'm I can't, just glad I'm not the only one who butchers. Nager- I can't and pronounce it. Nagerwurtz. But anyway, basically the sentiment was is ev- everyone who who was in my cohort who had experienced um, a positive encounter and they felt like I was able to uh, encourage and sort of plus up their uh, their experience. That is what you're known for. So so that was cool. I got an award. Not only on this podcast, but you're a hype <laughs> man in real life. Yeah. I yeah. guess, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that was fun. I did that. That was pretty cool. Um, and then at Congrats, the, by the way, yeah, thanks, man. Yeah. At the agency, I have I've been working hard to, to to build the team here. We're based in our Cincinnati office and abroad, and we we just hired a new executive creative director, Dan Rapp, who's a twenty year veteran from a another agency. A really smart guy. Hmm. Um, what branch did he serve in? Branch. What are you talking about? I'm kidding. He's a twenty year oh, veteran. Gotcha. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Huh. Sorry. Uh, I was twenty years old. Sorry, I was so focused in the in yeah. like the the conversation. I missed the stupid bourbon dad jokes. Yeah. Missed the missed the veteran humor. <laughs> sorry, I usually don't joke around about those who've given their lives for our country. I know plenty of those, and I respect <laughs> and salute you all. <laughs> um, and so, so anyway, things are shifting though. Uh, so anyway, so we we picked him up, and then we picked up a friend of mine, um, awesome art director Todd Lipscomb, amazing musician. He's got a he's got a band. Yeah. Um, called the Kentucky Struts, and he's, Great, he's just a talented guy. Uh, so that's been a lot of fun to learn from those guys. And so I kind of got like one foot in the world of film as as leaning and pushing more towards like uh, executive producer role. Yeah. And I've got one foot over in the agency world where I kind of straddle into – you know some some duties that might fall into the creative direction or associate creative direction type mm. of role. Uh, it is not official, so I don't have any new title. It's just kind of like I'm just I'm just getting in the mix. You know what I mean? Responsibility. So yeah. you're being paid for more work. I'm just doing stuff. Or not being paid for more. Well, work I'm just doing. <laughs> maybe yeah. I'm just doing. <laughs> I'm just doing things. But it's been fun. It's been. I've yeah. been able to be a part of some pitch teams. We actually just won. Um, 
we we we've been awarded uh, some work potentially um, for some alcohol brands potentially. Cool. I don't know if anything's in writing yet, but it looks that that's the case. Air on the side of caution. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, I was a part of those pitches. That was nice. a lot of fun to, to be a part of the ideation and the, and the actual pitches. Um, what so what it's, goes it's into good. that? Like what was different now with yeah. that role than what you were doing previously? Well, I think the, the key thing is, um, you know, some of these, these pitches now that I'm a part of might not, might not actually have any video connected to them in the initial pitch. So the ask might be for a, for a website. The ask might be for managed social. Now, granted, with social, you know there's going to be video and, and photo and film content. But um, for the most part, like there's there's cases where, you know, there might not be any video out of the shoot for maybe the first year, but I'm still a part of that, that creative. So that's the main the main connection is mm. I'm expanding beyond just, just one platform of video and nice. trying to delve into other other platforms i for a short period of time i was um serving as a an interim uh creative director for a hair care brand so yeah that was cool um i led an initiative to try to bring a little more context to that brand and and some guidance on on how do we express that brand on social mm-hmm. and i was able to, to push a team to to really uh sprint across the finish line to to get that place where it needed to be as far as the account sure so that was fun um, yeah. So yeah, man. I don't. I'm just kind of you know you're doing a lot, but move, you're still directing, moving and shaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we just we just yeah. finished up a, a really nice project that was finally released here yeah. recently. Yeah, uh, yeah, doing well on social media. And- yes, we did a piece for John Frito, um, yeah. Hair Care, and it was uh, a lot of fun. They came to us and they said we really want to show off this new packaging, um, and we really need people to know that it can be used on several different hair types. Yeah, and we really want to have these girls. Who pass the the product's called Secret Weapon. They pass the secret weapon from one girl to the next, and they're all in their own bathrooms. Mm-hmm. And so that was the ask, and I interpreted it as okay, that's interesting. So how do we do that? And I started thinking through the build, like okay, well if we build one bathroom, and then we have to redress it or re-art direct it for all the other bathrooms in the shot, it was going to take forever. So when I talked to the producer, Sarah Hine produced it, I said, you know, doesn't it just make sense to just build everything? And she was kind of like, yeah, that kind of makes sense. And so we knew we we weren't building full bathrooms. Like these are faux, faux walls, faux stuff. Um, Yeah, we had Whitey on recently and we we did did a lighting breakdown. Oh, okay, cool. So So we we built the, you know, fake sets. So it's like, you know, everything's kind of faux. And... So I was looking at it like, okay, well, if we're building everything at once, then we can just throw down some track and dolly and just do it like a, you know, like a traditional dollhouse shot and mm-hmm. just shoot the whole thing in one take. Yeah. And then that sounded fun. <laughs> and then you were like, yeah, I'm on board. So yeah. that was kind of cool. The, the The challenge was the client couldn't quite see that vision. Sure. So they, they, they didn't quite understand what we were trying to accomplish there, even though I would you know, shared some references like, um, Steve Zissou and, um, the, uh, you know, well, all the Paddington bear, all of the, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. quirky, yeah. uh, whatchamacallit, Wes Anderson films, the way he does all those dollhouse builds and, and dollies from scene to scene. And, um, it just wasn't connecting with him. And mm. so we had a, a backup option on how to, you know, basically handing off the, the product on white yep. in between each room. Um, so we shot both and, uh, ultimately they, 
they liked the cut where we did it in one shot, except for the punch in. So we had to sure we had to punch in for tights, but other than that, it was literally one take. And it worked out really well, I think. It was cool. Yeah, but it took a little bit of salesmanship on your part. Well, I just took a good edit. Yeah. Took a good edit and and we just showed both cuts, which one you want. Yeah. How is that working with, I don't know that we've really talked about that. Maybe we have. Working with fashion, beauty, hair, mm. models. Like, do, yeah. Do you, is that an uncomfortable environment? How did you first start no, doing that? No, How do you no, wrap no. your head around that? Well, I mean. How do you get them to no, where we need to be? No, it's not uncomfortable. I mean, from a talent perspective, it's a lot of fun. Most most of the girls are great, great bubbly personalities, and, and you want to cast talent who's comfortable in front of the camera. So a lot of people, you know, as a director, you know, my casting strategy is pretty simple. Like, if you are unsure of yourself, or what I call if you're a self-doubter, you're not getting casted. It's going to show through. So self, a self-doubter is somebody, you know, usually when I have, you know, if I'm casting with girls um, or guys, I'll just say, um, I'll say, hey, you know, this is great. You know, nice to meet you. Kind of get their vibe. And they'll say, okay, hey, I'm just going to go through a range of emotions. I just kind of want to show me, you know, some facial expressions. You know, show me what happy looks like. And most people will either immediately smile and be happy or they get awkward mm. because now they're being asked to be happy. Because it's vulnerable, and then yeah. they they kind of like they go to they go to smile, and then they break from their smile, and they're kind of like, oh my gosh, I'm so horrible. And if that happens, you're in. The, there's two classifications of people. There's the confident and the self doubters. Mm-hmm. As soon as you do that, you're in the self doubter bucket, and you're immediately not on my list of people that I'm going to cast. Mm. And so I'll go through the range of emotions, but I usually know within the first two emotions, really? you know, if I say, um, you know, especially with girls, you can be like, you know, let's, you know, show me what flirty looks like. All of a sudden, like, you know, people who, who people who aren't yeah. confident, they get real awkward. Frank does really well at that. He's Frank's a, a good he, flirt. He does a yeah, good flirty, good. but yeah, he's, he's good. Uh, yeah. Bart does too. He's got that, uh, that flowing hair, the Ooh, locks. He's got the locks. He's got the sexy yeah. locks. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I think that, you know, it's all about casting the right people. And so, you know, if, if you cast the right people, they do all the work. They yeah. just got great. How are you finding these people? Well, it, it depends. I mean, if we have budgets, you know, we've done projects before where we've shot in L.A. And we've had, you know, we've spent, you know, 200000 just on talent, right? Just girls. And these girls are, you know, six five, gorgeous, mm-hmm. can turn it on in a dime. Like, you're, you're, off, you're off camera. Yeah. You're off camera. They're just talking and shooting the bull. All of a sudden, you say, we're ready. Boom. All of a sudden, they just, like, assume posture and look awesome. Yeah. And then as soon as you say cut, they're, like, just goofy. That's their full-time job. That's what they do. Yeah. So then, you know, what do you do if you don't have budget, right? Well, that's why they made Facebook. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> it's, really, it's, really what we, it's really what we, we refer to as friends and family talent. So yeah. it's, it's working with the people you know, the people you know and the who they know, sometimes just random people groups, different Facebook groups. Mm-hmm. You can find a lot of, you know, uh, aspiring talent who isn't technically, um, you know, maybe they're, they've not made the jump to move out to LA and get represented and go all in, but they are still like, you know, have a really cool look and they enjoy it. And, mm-hmm. you know, and so at that point, you know, you're, work, you're, you're, you're moving from, you know, um, you know, uh, trolling the social network, two thousand yeah. dollar, uh, you know, day rates with five thousand dollar usage rates to you know, hey, we've got you know between two hundred and fifty or you know fifty five hundred or a thousand bucks, you know, All work in. for hire. Yeah, you know, describe a usage rate for someone who doesn't know. 
Well, I mean, usage is all, it's basically like, you know, hey, if I'm, I'm a, I'm a model, this is what I do for a living. And, you know, I'll be on your set for a day for a thousand bucks. But if you actually want to use the, the photos, um, you could use them on say social media for one year for another thousand bucks. And if you want to use it on social media for two years, that'll be 2000 bucks. The day rate's just to take my photo. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The, the, to me to be in your presence. Right. And then if you want to put me on a billboard, well, that's going to cost you 5000 bucks. You want yeah. to put me on the front of a magazine, that's going to cost you $20,000. Sure. You know, those types of things. Got it. And it varies, you know, from different places. And, you totally. Know. So, yeah. I've always thought casting is one, is a, a, a great skill and expertise that you have. Well, thank you. No, it's, I do. I, uh, I think I every project that. that we get onto that's like that where it's, quote, friends and family talent, the models the talent that we end up with it's like oh this is perfect yeah. they're perfect for the well i mean at the end of the day the you role. just gotta you know people are already hardwired to do to do them right yeah. so yeah. it's like they've got a base you need a girl yeah. who's bubbly okay well when you're casting people like pick the girl who's bubbly that walks in the room like if she walks <laughs> in the room and she's already giggling like yeah Check. You don't cast the badass. We've as got bubbly. yeah. We've got the bubbly girl. <laughs> yeah. And then your girl walks in and she looks like she wants to kill you. And like, Put she's kind of hot. You're it. like, yeah. all right, you're our badass. Like, yep. you kind of just pick who's already out there because you can't you can't direct amateur talent. They don't know what to do. They don't know how to be. You can't take someone who's shy and make them outgoing. But if you need somebody to look shy. Pick the shy person and just stick them on the on the white psych versus toning down and, and just person. shoot them. Yeah. And all of a sudden, they come off on the screen as like this coy little shy model, and you're like, dude, that was great. Yep. And they didn't do anything; they were just being themselves. Yeah. But a model, if you get a, a traditional talent, they can be shy, they can be outgoing, they can they can they have versatility. Sure. If you're with dealing with amateur talent, you don't have the luxury of versatility. You have to go with what is out of the box, like what nature gave them. Like you're either a bitch or you're, you know, gentle. Hmm. Right. Good advice. I think some Hollywood casting so that's directors my, could take that. that that's my that's my two cents for that. Yeah. So don't and, and the thing Wahlberg is, is the math genius. Yeah. But you know, and the thing is, he's too, got his baseline. Sometimes when you get into casting, like you know, sometimes there's confines, right? So you're you're working with a company. Yeah. Like there's people that are employed there, yeah, right? Yeah. That's why I always tell people, like you know, especially with corporate video, like. The leader of the organization does not need to be the speaker <laughs> mm-hmm. because sometimes the leader is just this like, you know, horrible, analytical, bore me all day. Mm. Take somebody else from like, you know, marketing or sales who's got the voice and then tell them what to say. Basically and they're going to bring it to life, you know. Totally. And um, so it's just, you know, anyway, casting. <laughs> <laughs> and next topic. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, I don't have a next topic. Uh, I, no. I have a next topic for yeah. you. You said you were writing a book. Yeah, I'm. Wor- I'm. I have not started writing it yet, but it's. It's. I have an outline. Mm. Is it about ukuleles? No, oh. but I do have an album that I'm working on too. God, <laughs> just you so, never stop. I have an album in the works, which uh, I love. But the, you never stop. The book is probably going to be titled um, "Don't Believe the Hype," but then I'm going to cross out the N and the T with a big red X. Do you believe that? Yeah, and the, and the whole concept is I really want to unlock people's hype potential. Hmm. And what really what it boils down to is I believe that hype can change the world. And I know it gets a bad rap and everybody thinks like, oh, you know, it's just hype. It's not really that great. Um, but let me tell you a case in point. 
Um, there's a new restaurant in town here called uh, Boomtown Biscuits. Yeah. And uh, my my buddy Kyle, who who works with us at Leap Frame, he's you know he's he's all amped up for this. He's it's going to be the greatest restaurant ever. It's going to be the best biscuits you ever had. Da da da. He he helped do some artwork for him and uh, and he hyped the shit out of this restaurant and he went all in and he and I got so excited about it you know and I'm just like oh I can't wait it's gonna change and I sat down and I I took a bite of that biscuit and I'm gonna tell you right now it changed my life it was the best it's biscuit. the best biscuit on the planet now regardless of whether or not it is now there are there yeah. are rules to hype right like you don't <laughs> want to hype something you don't believe in so in in Kyle's case he exercised his hype potential. To motivate those around him to try this new thing. Because he knew. So here's the thing. Let me let me tell you a, a short story. Every one of us has been to a subway, right? We've all been to Subway. Mm-hmm. And we probably have a standard order. There's more Subways than McDonald's. You go in and uh, have a turkey with cheese, extra sauce, with the thing on a white bread with chips and a drink. Thank you. And everybody in the world does that. We are pre-programmed as humans, okay, to avoid trying new things we do things because they're safe they're predictable we know the outcome we know that lunch isn't going to be bad because i'm going to get my regular order and it's going to taste just fine and it'll be a good investment of my 579 and it's going to be you know it's going to be an okay day mm. very rarely do people go into the situation and say oh man i'm going to you know, for the next month, I'm going to try everything on the Subway menu, right? Because that's too risky. You might get something that you don't like. You get something with too much mayonnaise. You spend five seventy nine, and boom, you hate it. And you're like, this sucks. It was a horrible day. And it's just like you're afraid, right? So we, we live in fear, and we're always constantly pushing towards the things that are uh, less risk. Right. But then along comes me or Kyle or whoever, and they're standing behind you. And you are you're in line, and maybe you maybe you have a maybe you can't order. Maybe there's there's too many choices on the board. You're frozen, and I say, man, whew, you ever had that chicken teriyaki? I said, dude, that chicken teriyaki with extra provolone with a little bit of red onion will change your freaking life. I swear to, you. I I will buy the sandwich if you don't like it. Like that's that's the thing, man. And all of a sudden, boom! I hype up the sandwich, and now all of a sudden, I motivate you. To make a decision you otherwise wouldn't have made. And now you change and boom, you open up a whole new world and you try the chicken teriyaki. Now, could it fail? Yes. But it could change your life, right? So to me, the idea, when you look at the the word hype, it talks about, you know, to excite or to agitate. And the word agitate is to forcefully uh, change direction or action, right? And so what what I'm trying to get at is, you know, because I've seen it in practice in my life where I've been able to influence a lot of people um, through hype. And, um, you know, it's not without its negative consequences. I'll address that in the book. But but a good hype man can literally set the world on fire. And so I want to I want to tell that story. And I think I have a, a way to do it. And I think I can address the pitfalls. I can address the 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 things people are worried about. But ultimately, I think there's more good than bad in the world of hype. There you go. And ladies and gentlemen, I just want to thank Tony Robbins for being <laughs> on the podcast. That sounds cool. So, I mean, yeah. it sounds, yeah, it's a good, th- like, theory, and I want to see the Yeah, I'm gonna, I got to work it yeah, out. There's a lot to work out. I, I mean, yeah. Yeah, it, it's awesome. Yeah. So, there you go. How, uh, what, do you have a timeline? 
Like I know there's a lot of people, oh, you're yeah. starting a new project. A lot of people recommend setting a timeline, a yeah, goal yeah. to each fall. So one of the big things we, we learned in, in um, Seth Godin's all MBA program was, you know, you got to ship. Yeah. You got to have a goal. You got to ship. There's a lot of people who have ideas. They have products. They have things. They never put them in the box. They never put a stamp on it. They never ship. They sit in the warehouse. Guilty. I think we all are. They yeah. sit in the warehouse. They never happen. Yeah. And, you know, so, yes, you have to ship. And so I do have a plan, um, and I, I have, I'm getting closer to enacting that plan. But, yeah, the, the goal looks something like writing a chapter um, uh, a week. Um, but before I actually start writing, I'm going to – really define my manifesto or mm. the central argument of the book. Cause yeah. you know, the, the book's really only got one point I'm making and I'm going to do it through telling several stories. Anecdotes, yeah. So I've got one story that's called, um, you know, never, never lock, never, never lock a raccoon in a closet. That's a true story. I've got one called, uh, always chase the dancing monkey. Sweet. That one's interesting. That's a story about absence. Um, I've got one called, yeah. how, I've got a chapter called how to convert the horny. So that's about my years as a pastor. <laughs> so there's some really exciting chapters, some fun stories that come back to these this principle of hype God. and how it can be unlocked in your life. The, well, when you, when you want to shoot that book trailer, let me know. Yeah, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'm all in. So that's, that's dude. Cool. Again, yeah, you've always got a project going, and I think that's kind of important, no matter creatively, because that'll influence other things in your life. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's not. I mean, it's you know the thing that the the thing that is tough. You got to you got to always remember this. You know, all of you listening, because you guys have books out there you want to write. You have films you want to make, and um, you know at the end of the at the end of the day, like the 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 resistance is coming down upon you from 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 the cosmos, and it wants to stop you. It wants to stop what you're doing. It's telling you, oh, I'll do that tomorrow. Oh, yeah, check out this thing on Facebook. Oh, hey, there's this meetup over at this thing. And the, the force of resistance is coming down upon you. There's a book you should read called The, uh, the War of Art. And the author in the, it's in the book, The War of Art, so it's kind of a play on the art of war. Um, in the book, he really he tackles this issue of the resistance. Mm. And the resistance will, will stop you. That's what it does. And it will make sure that you never write the book that you never ship the podcast, that you never ask the girl out, whatever it is you're trying to do, the resistance is coming down upon you. And, you know, if you, if you think about it as a, as a writer, um, you know, or, you know, screenwriter or whatever it is you want to say, the only way to stop the resistance is you sit down at the typewriter and you start plucking at the keys. You have to put forth effort. You got to pluck at the keys. And then, and then, you know, the first sentence might suck. And then, you know, half an hour in, it's starting to kind of come to life. And then at some point you get something worthwhile and then, and then it falls off. And then for that day, maybe you got two pages or a sentence, that was, that was, or a sentence, but either way you got, you got something. And for that day you fought the resistance and, and, and it's the, it's the person who, who doesn't take that initiative and sits down to watch another uh, rerun season of Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which is awesome. Uh, but unless that's your goal, if that's your goal, you shipped it. Well sure. done. But if not, then the resistance grabbed a hold of you and, and so you're never going to win. In a very basic form, you just got to win the day and keep winning days. It's great. Days in a row. Win the day. Yeah. yeah. It's good. Day after day after day. Yeah. So anyway, uh, mm-hmm. there is a plan. The book will get written. Nice. I'm excited to read yeah, I'll it. come back on the podcast to promote it. You will. Yeah. Yeah, and we'll so, see it on Amazon, and yeah, then man. it'll be a TV series, and then it'll be 
Yeah, so that's happening, and then that's happening, and then um, I'm by, work, I'm by work, the way, yeah, sorry, just to interrupt before we get on another topic, we are drinking Maker's Forty Six right now. Yeah, we are. Which uh, I had never had. It was a recommendation. It's good from one of our other guests, maybe previous. I don't, see. We record these things out of out of sequence, so yeah, I don't know if you've heard it yet, but somebody recommended it. It's pretty good. Nice. Anyway, what's next? Uh, no, I was just going to tell you. I'd mentioned I'm working on a on an album. A ukulele album, yeah, or so, jazz, jazz, or yes, I'm a I'm a jazz ukulele player, yeah, and I am working on a, a solo ukulele album playing nothing but Thelonious Monk tunes. Did did the band fall apart? I'll get to the band in a second. Okay, uh, so uh, the the album's going to be called Ukulonious Monk, and it's mainly <laughs> it's mainly. Monk ballads. It's yeah. probably be about seven tunes on the record. I'm going to record it here at, at Gwen Sound, and it's going to be in the style of uh, of the way Joe Pass. I don't know if if you guys are into jazz guitar. Look up an album by Joe Pass called Unforgettable. It's just Joe Pass on a classical guitar, playing by himself, playing these great jazz standards. So it's going to be in that spirit, but it's going to be all Monk. Uh, we're, there's going to be Ruby, my dear, Round Midnight, Ask Me Now, probably Monk's Mood, um, Well You Needn't will will be thrown in there, and these it's it should be fun. I've been really working hard on it. I was like every night I'm up till like at least twelve or one, just like working through these these changes because Monk chord changes are complex. Like he's yeah. you know it's never just oh, like totally. a, a an A chord. It's like an A minor seven flat five. You know it's like it's it's always something. It's and he's got a lot of changes. And but I'm learning a lot, and that's what's the most fun. Eucolonius Monk. Eucolonius Monk. But as far as the band, the Bossa Nova Social Club, yeah. it uh, it's officially dead. No. I, yeah, and that's another lesson. Is sometimes you gotta you have to ship things, but then you gotta know when to kill things. And so wow. I was I had this big idea. I always have big ideas. I had this big idea to start this Bossa Nova Social Club, and I had an idea for it to turn into an actual like place and a bar and i wanted all these people to be connected to oh, it. i remember yeah <laughs> yeah i was like you know so i was dreaming big and we we kind of brought it to life and and bart was was playing drums on it we had a bass player mark um and we were jamming and but let me tell you man it takes a lot of work to be in a band and i respect bart and, and his band talk um i mean you got to rehearse like every week sometimes sure. twice and you got to really work hard to like perform and like ship an album and like you just got to yeah. do a lot. What what was the nail in the tire? What was the, the well? What brought n- nothing it down? really. We just um, you know we we had the group. We rehearsed. We had a show. It was great. We had people come. It was fun. Uh, it was this was back in the uh, the right before the winter. Yeah, and um, it was awesome. Hmm. But ultimately, as I thought about and took inventory of my life and what I wanted to do, I was like, man, there's a lot here going on. You only have so much. Space. And I was like, that thing takes up a lot more effort than i can give to it right now mm. so instead of letting it linger and exist without any energy behind it yeah i said it's time for it to die Kill it. so it was a, ri- a risk reward thing yeah time, so i just time commitment so i killed thing. the project huh. and but it was to me it was a success because we shipped it like we had yeah. we had the group we had the rehearsals we had the thing we had the public show we did the whole deal and then boom yeah. it's gone you know one thing i won't let die mm-hmm is FDB. <laughs> you tried to kill it, but it just won't go away. <laughs> no, he didn't try. No, yeah. no, no. There was no, there so was no uh, ill will. So That's awesome. Let's talk about... Uh, I, I love ahead. your enthusiasm and hype. Oh, okay, great. I, 
It's just so infectious. Nice. Right? I know. It puts a smile on your face. Well, you know, I'm trying to... It puts a beard on your chin. Trying to... It adds three inches to your height. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, I think there, I think there, I think that's what hype can do. That's what I'm so excited about. I think that not a lot of people know how to handle their, they don't know how to manifest their own hype. And it's not hard. It's just like sometimes you have to just realize like some things in life are worth getting excited about. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what? One, one area which is, you know, relative to this podcast, uh, where hype is done wrong a lot of the times is is movies and trailers and marketing. Yep. And a lot of times the movies don't live up to the hype or they're hyping the wrong parts of yeah. a film. Uh, and there's I very few, few people that do that right. And I think, uh, you know, I talked about him next episode, which is funny to say that, uh, is Soderbergh, who's yeah. got this whole philosophy of not overhyping. He has his new thing, uh, fingerprint, fingerprint releasing, uh, where he doesn't do any marketing until like a month prior to the release. Huh. He thinks the pre-hype, the like six months out from the release, is completely wasted. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. People have goldfish-like memories, and they just forget about it. It's wasted yeah. money. It is wasted money. I think that's pretty interesting. Um, yeah, I do agree though that hype hype can be done right and or wrong. But part of you know one of the principles of hype is it's you know it's got to be true. Yeah, like truth is important, right? Kernel, kernel of truth. It's yeah. got to be true. So like, um, I think that's where people you know. You know, production companies, movie houses, like you've got to be honest and you got to say, look, it's an okay movie. Like we made mm-hmm. it. It's cool. One of the. Um, but when you go saying it's the greatest thing that ever happened, when you know it's not, that's where you get into trouble. But sometimes, you know, you say something's awesome and it is awesome. Yeah. So. One of the funniest points of like self hype that I see all the time that sometimes carries a grain of truth, or yeah, I mean, it does technically, but is. The quote phrase "award winning." Oh, it's the worst. Don't so many people put it's that the worst. on sites? And here's the thing, everybody. Let, yeah. Here's I'm a, I'm a industry veteran at this point. I'm an yeah. old man. I'm about oh, to be award winning production. I'm about company. to be forty. Yeah. Speaking as an award winning cinematographer, <laughs> an award winning video editor, um, an award winning video production and animation studio. Yeah. Uh, I will tell you this. Uh. The the awards that mean something are when somebody hires you for the job. That's an award, okay? Mm. The other awards are uh, they're scams, all right. And you whether it's the tellies or the you know the Emmys, whatever it is, you're paying money to enter to ultimately pay even more money to buy a trophy. Now, in a real award. You wouldn't have to pay for the trophy. So here's a here's a rule of thumb. If you have to buy the trophy, it's probably not a real award. Yeah, don't claim it. You, you know what I mean? <laughs> if you have to buy the trophy, so if you if you submit to the tellies or the addies or the Emmys or whatever it is, yeah. and you ultimately have to buy the trophy, yep. it's not really that big of a deal. I'll put a caveat on that for the regional stuff. I'm like just saying. Emmys, I'm just saying. Yeah. If you get um, a, a, an actual Emmy, yeah. Woo. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but no one pays for that award. That's what I mean. No yeah, one yeah. pays for the Oscar. No, no, no. Like, they You're, give they it to you. They fly you out. They give you a $10,000 gift bag. They, yeah. <laughs> you won that. So, anyway, all I'm saying is, like, so, <laughs> yeah. So, you may not, have yeah. you may be award-winning by somebody, but here's the, the award is only as powerful as the judge. How many did you buy? All right. Yeah. So, like, when the Academy 
gives you an award, it has a little more merit than when like three advertisers from the Midwest judge your work. Mm-hmm. Got so it. don't get caught up in on the on the whole award thing. Mm-hmm. Where how do we get to this? I don't know. Just I, I, so I have something I, I want to talk about. Go All right. Um, so I heard you watched a, a movie. <laughs> Oh, that yeah. uh, you actually yeah. enjoyed. Yeah, speaking of hype, speaking of hype, um, yeah. I. Well, you gave me a call and you're like, yeah. I got something to confess. Yeah. I do. I do have something to confess. <laughs> and I think this could be the end of an era. This yeah. could be the end of. of well, I kind of uh, laid it out there that I've This ar- might end the podcast. That I've already If won. I talk about this, this might end the podcast. My victory is now complete. Basically, this uh, podcast is pointless at this point. <laughs> Because it was founded upon one central <laughs> argument of superheroes. Yeah. Do they suck or are they great? Exactly. And I... There's always been this conflict, me and Brandon. Yeah, me I hate pro, him. Brandon, anti. Hate him. He's the anti-hero. I had one exception. Yeah. It was one exception Nolan was Dark Nolan's Knight. Dark Knight. But it's a drama. Yeah, I mean, it's just a... And I would say that that was the only superhero movie that was good. Until now... Until now, and the I, other Dark Knight, I will have to say, yeah, that I, I did go see Black Panther with my nine-year-old son. Please tell me you loved it, and I loved it. Right, I loved it. It was Dude, it's there awesome. was just it had great energy. You feel the good. The soundtrack was awesome. the The storyline was great. I think what I think why I resonated with it so well is. You guys know how I don't really like like period films and robes and all that sort of Dude, there were so fantasy. Many yeah, but wait, all that fantasy stuff, yeah. I'm just like, eh. I think the reason I was okay with it is it opens up in 1990 Oakland, California. You know what I'm saying? And so I mean, it's that's like the whole reason you like, like it. Like the opening shot is it's got like hip hop through line. Yeah, the yeah. opening shot is like this hip hop Oakland, these kids playing hoops. Sure. And immediately I was like, okay, this is real life. Then we move into the future, which, as you know, I'm much more forgiving of the future than I am the past or even, like, otherworldly fantasy worlds. Sure. So, in the future, I'm like, okay, like, I buy that. Like, maybe in whatever year, 3000, like, Wakanda could happen. Like, sure, why not? Like, the way technology's moving, that's badass. But when you go underwater into, like, Jar Jar Binks world, then I'm out. I'm like, see sure. you later. But this is a hidden city in the middle of a jungle. Yeah. Which is cool. So anyway. Go ahead, Frank. I actually, if Alex knows, I don't actually see a lot of movies. I went out and saw this specifically for this podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, I got to call you out. It it wasn't, um, I don't think it was the future it was set in. It wasn't. It was the past? No, it was current day. It was current day. Well, either way. Because you had the, um, like his uncle and stuff. Yeah, it was in a different, it was like a different, different time space continuum sort of thing. The hidden city. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Either way, yeah, what I'm trying to get at is yeah. it was a little more believable for me. Uh, Got it. I just, I don't know. I just liked it. I thought I thought it was cool. My favorite part of the entire movie was Andy Serkis. Who's that? Uh, the uh, uh, South African bad guy with the fake arm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He plays Gollum in Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He oh, was a yeah. good bad guy. He's a fantastic Very actor. Very interesting. In I thought it was a great, it was just really interesting. Yeah. And it was completely- Michael Jordan's- It was Jordan's completely- the, the script was completely flipped. I mean, you know, uh, yeah. and it was just really good. I, I, I'm and the other thing too is I'm really excited for the young, um, young girls and boys. Uh, you know, African American girls and boys who are for the first time 
totally have this movie where a the black freaking superhero. hero yeah and a whole entire cast the only white guy is the bad guy i know you know what i mean and so it was, it was a pretty cool film and i think it was great for hollywood to see that a film like that can can totally. win and be profitable and i think totally. it's a so there's i'll throw another, there's another. A, here's the thing there's a from we might have to put an asterisk by this that's fine okay so I am making an exception for this film with yeah. The Dark Knight. Yeah. So I will concede that with two exceptions, I'm now heavily starting to trend towards superhero. So I get that. So I'm going to concede to the entire argument. Yeah. But I will put they a, have their place. I will put an asterisk next to it and say there's a lot of other social reasons behind the film that Why I think makes it. me like it. Oh, totally. And I, and I agree with that. And that, but the other awesome issue I was going to point out with this film massive blockbuster superhero film huge financial success female cinematographer oh yeah awesome you know again she she i just watched the uh hollywood reporter cinematographer's roundtable with rachel morrison she's yeah. amongst all these old white men you know <laughs> that have shot films forever and ever and ever and she's like well hopefully one day and i think it's trending that way that it'll just be cinematographer not female cinematographer yeah you know yeah. i'm like absolutely 100 yeah. yeah, she yeah. killed it it's yeah I'm so, very happy about yeah, that I'm, fact I thought it was great so, I would say go see it yeah. other than that I haven't watched a whole bunch a whole lot of stuff man I've been been busy doing other things I haven't watched a ton yeah did you uh, we brought it up oh I watched the uh, the My Little Pony movie oh perfect you're which, a brony now well we are bronies <laughs> at my house me, me and me and my son we, we like My Little Pony yeah um, but the My Little Pony the, excuse me the movie was awesome that, that bourbon's getting to you yeah that makers uh it was awesome yeah it's live action this time right no no man it was animated <laughs> it was awesome the music is great uh it's great that's cool we uh my wife and i just watched uh we finished all altered carbon on netflix what is that sci-fi film or huh. sci-fi series you probably would hate all right it's set in the future nice so anyway right. anyway lots of good stuff going on uh anything you're excited about are are you still in the tech? Do you still own gear? Like, do you still actually uh, like make man. anything? Well, like, here's it. Well, yeah, 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 yeah kind of. Um, here's the thing. Are you going to NAB without me this year? No. Oh. Uh, here's the thing. We need to let's just get this out there now. Gear doesn't matter. Gear doesn't matter anymore, <laughs> at all. I can read your mind. Yeah, at all. Every camera's great. Everything's awesome. Uh, you know, we're dealing in the margins. Like it's. It's a little better here, a little better there. Um, for clients and most people, it's like good enough is all that matters. Sure. I mean, we, yeah, we just you, talked I about that. I mean, it's just crazy. Like, look can't at, tell the difference. Look at Apple's whole entire campaign. I mean, come on. And it's like they're, they're proving their own Shot on story iPhone. correct. Yeah. And, you know, it's, that's just what it comes down to. Totally. Be more excited about the art that you are creating, which I think you are. You've got the bands and the books and the know. movies and the shows and the commercials and the agency side. And Something. Yeah. You're doing I'm it, dude. Trying to move and shake. Trying you're to make it. it happen. You're always moving and shaking. I'll make it one day. Speaking of moving, are you still moving the studio? The, oh, yeah, the yeah, yeah. company? Yeah, we're, we're moving uh, to a new location. We're going to have a 15-foot psych wall and uh, all that jazz. So uh, Bring it more in-house. Yeah. Oh man, well, should be good. Have we been talking for forty three minutes? Yep, it goes fast. Doesn't it? Holy crap! <laughs> I know. What happened? Yeah, 
Well, that's what happens when you get uh, <laughs> the former founder of uh, FCB Jeez. on the show. Come back on. God. I know. We'll have to do a part two. Wow. You know, we're just like have you back permanently. Whatever. Yeah, we didn't even get through, <laughs> through the main the main questions. We got... What there you, there what are you, no... Hey, listen. You're listening to FDB where there are no main <laughs> questions. We never got to what are you working on? Or we never got to any of that stuff. It doesn't stuff. matter. It doesn't matter, does that it? That formula's gone. No, this is just a uh, conversation with a it's good... It's the new. It's the new FDB. Friend. Conversation with a good friend. It's the new FDB. Yeah. Hmm. FDB with you and me. Nice. Yeah. And we have uh, <clears throat> a few new... Uh, not new, old. Yeah, five star reviews. By the way, so, yeah, tell him. Yeah, you don't know this yet, What's that? but we were probably at a one hundred reviews Way long before earlier. we were at a hundred reviews. How what Frank happened? found a loophole because there's international reviews that we weren't seeing. We were only seeing U.S. reviews. You have to like go in and tweak the matrix. Oh, is this like... because of the the new uh, the new platform iTunes has for like looking at analytics? But this has been years. Like they've been doing this. There's a you country can only code. see the country that you're in. No, but what I'm saying is, is there's there was an email. I think I forwarded it to you. It has nothing like, to do with that. Okay, but have you seen that? Yeah. Is it good? Yeah. Bad? Does it do anything? It's fine. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we there are all these hidden reviews, like maybe billions, from other <laughs> countries. Yes. So we've been every show. Is there one from Qatar? Now <laughs> we're on the Aussies. Okay. So Go ahead, Frank. We have Down the Earth Podcast by Aspect Ratio Party LTD. Limited. Hi, guys. Listening from Australia, and your podcast whoa, is whoa, awesome. Can you do it in an Australian accent? I can't. You have to. I <laughs> wish I could. <laughs> All right, guys. Listening from Australia, your podcast is awesome. <laughs> Easily relatable and down to earth. Very interested in the blended whiskey versus bourbon debate, as I'm a blended Scotch guy. Keep up the great work, lads. <laughs> Just listening to episode 99 and had a laugh over your reference to our TV show, Kippy. Our famous 80s drama was actually called Skippy the Bush Kangaroo. I grew up on the show. <laughs> Skippy could communicate with humans via whistling. He could extinguish fires, build bridges, and drive cars. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was probably a very offensive accent. That felt like kind of a mix between Irish, a little bit of Australian, a little bit of New Zealand. It was like a... Hybrid. That's what happens when an Australian drinks too yeah, much yeah, yeah, yeah. bourbon. So anyway. Yes. Do you want to do the next one? No, you go ahead. <laughs> I right. stole that from you. because <laughs> <laughs> pure American. Good quality down the earth by Mad Dog 211. Wait, wait, what country? Australia. Australia. Oh, another one. Yeah. All right. But he's doing we're, it. So we're big in Australia. He's doing it in pure America. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. The first podcast I have listened to on a regular basis, and I couldn't be happier. Two down the earth guys with an entertaining perspective on all things filmmaking and more. Keep it up. Totally. I wonder if this has any <laughs> influence from Angus. I maybe. So my Angus Oborn, who we work he's a lot Australian. with, he's from Australia, but he lives in New York. Yeah, but they're all connected. The Aussie Underground. Yeah, there's the Aussie Underground. Totally. Yeah. They all eat kangaroo. Yeah. Anyway. It's that down under connection. That's cool, man. Yeah. So yeah, so we're not, we're we're doing it right. Uh yeah, like I said, billions of hidden reviews. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. We're like a 15 star podcast. Love it. Yeah, totally. It's amazing. Anyway, dude. So where can people find out more about what you do? Um, I don't know. I mean, it's the internets, I guess. Just just Google Brandon Ferris. Be fair. Are you I'm on Vero? I don't know. I'm out there. I'm somewhere. No, that new, that new social. I don't know. V-E-R-O. I have no clue. You should sign up. I'm out there somewhere. Um, on the internets. Yeah, man. I don't know. I mean, we're just kind of doing our thing. I think, you know, I'm I'm investing a lot of energy into our agency. So if you're interested in... 
what we do as an agency, go to leapagency.com, Leap Group. We have uh, we have uh, Leap Amplification for social. We have film and motion. We have um, full digital services. So um, if you're interested, check it out. Um, other than that, like, I'm out there. You can follow. Oh, I I got a new uh, fashion uh, Instagram. I started a I so I so I like fashion. And I know I was you like, got these like daily briefs. So from, I wanted to like uh, yeah. I wanted to like share like whenever I see somebody who just looks awesome, I wanted to celebrate that. Yeah. So I created a, a fashion Instagram called um, the Midsection. Yeah, it's just all photos of Bart. So <laughs> yeah, so if you go to Instagram, um, if you dig fashion. Street fashion specifically, go to Instagram and you can go to uh, mid, M-I-D underscore section. And what I do is I post uh, a one wide shot of a person um, and then I do split screen. And on the other side, I do a tight shot of an art- a piece of their clothing that I think is cool. Hmm. And so it gives you this sort of contrast of like, you know, here's this girl, she had this cool coat and then like that's a tight of the button. And so it's like this neat little this little uh, exercise in like perspective um, and it's all people from the Midwest. So um, predominantly Cincinnati. And then as I grow, I'll get curators from uh, like Chicago, Detroit and so forth. And Are these people that you just find on the street? Oh yeah. Yeah. I just walk oh, up to okay. people. I was thinking I just, like you're pulling images. No, 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 no. I just walk up to people. So like this girl I saw at the grocery store, you're like, you look great. And she had this awesome coat on this yellow coat with these buttons and she had just come from fencing practice. And I was like, excuse me. I was like, your coat is amazing. I was like, would you mind if I could take a picture to put on my Instagram account, the midsection, which is a street fashion account. Most people are like, oh my gosh, that's awesome. Of course. And so it's just a cool way to like, kind of like, huh. I love seeing people who are just like rocking it. And sure. like, I want to celebrate that with the world. So I created an Instagram account. So now you can follow those same people. So whenever I see people that are just crushing it with their wardrobe, I'm going to capture them and share them with the world. Your, your trillion facets intrigue so, me. There it is. Jesus. Brandon's like a, a freaking diamond with all his cuts. There you go. <laughs> Dude, right, thank man. you for coming back on the show. Uh, we, this was crazy how fast this went. We love it. We love you. Man. We appreciate having you back. Wow. What's this going to be up? What's the title this going to be? I don't know yet. I'm excited to yeah, see what the title is going to be. We'll see. Prodigal, hmm. The Prodigal Son Returns. <laughs> nice. Yeah. The, the Dark Knight. The Dark Knight Returns. <laughs> yeah. The Bearded gotcha. Knight. Yeah. 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 The, the debate's over. That could be the title. title. The debate is over. Anyway. Yeah. Dude, well, yeah. we got to let you go. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Cheers. Awesome. Yeah, cheers. cheers. It's been fun, yes. We'll have you back. Yeah, I'll be back. Guys, guys don't worry. I'll, be, I'll come back in like six months or something. Yeah, he'll be back. He'll every be back. Let's do like every six months. Yeah, check it. Sure. Yeah, well. All right. See you on All the right. next one. Cheers. This podcast is produced by Frank Steele and recorded live at Gwyn Sound Studio. Find out more at gwynsound.com.